Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Jonah chapter 4, we'll be looking at verses 4 through 9 today. Just a little bit of review as we get started. So throughout the book of Jonah, we've seen Jonah fleeing from the Lord. Uh, He did not want to go to the city of Nineveh when God commanded him to go. Uh, Went the opposite direction. As a result of that, God pursued him. Uh, The sailors that he was with on the ship in the Mediterranean saw the power of God and control of the storm and feared the Lord greatly. Jonah was picked up and cast into the sea where he was not just left to drown, but the Lord very mercifully sent a fish to swallow him. While he was in the belly of the fish, he prays and and, uh, asks the Lord for help, not forgiveness, but help. And the Lord mercifully grants him help. Uh, The fish spits him up onto dry land. The Lord commands him again to go to Nineveh. This time Jonah goes. Uh, He preaches the message God gives him to preach. The people of Nineveh, even up to the king, repent, turn from their ways, and God holds back the judgment that he had uh, promised to give to Nineveh. As a result, at the beginning of chapter 4, Jonah is very, very upset, and we saw in the past sessions the reasons for that. Jonah had already thought beforehand that God would do something just like this if the people of Nineveh would repent, that God would not deal out judgment with them, and he didn't want to see that happen. So he is now uh, in chapter 4 and verse 4, and verse 3, asking for death. Uh, he says, death is better for me than to live uh, because of how upset he is. So this is where we're picking it up. I'll start reading in verse 1 uh, from Jonah chapter 4 just to get some of the context. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. And the Lord said, Do you have a good reason to be angry? Then Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. There he made a shelter for himself and sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen to the city. So the Lord God appointed a plant, and it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. But God appointed a worm when dawn came the next day, and it attacked the plant, And it withered. And it came about when the sun came up that God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, Death is better to me than life. Then God said to Jonah, Do you have good reason to be angry about the plan? And he said, I have good reason to be angry even to death. 
Now, I want to analyze this a little bit to see what's going on between the interchange here between Jonah and God. They're having conversation here. Jonah prays uh, in verse 2 uh, and 3 to the Lord, telling him about his complaint. And really, as we saw last time, this was an accusation by Jonah against the Lord about uh, injustice that Jonah believed had been done on the part of the Lord. The Lord's response to this accusation is in verse 4 to ask Jonah the thought-provoking question, do you have good reason to be angry? Now, this is the New American Standard that I'm reading from. I actually think the New International Version gets a little bit closer to the heart of what God is asking in the interchange here. It says uh, to the effect of, the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah is accusing God of injustice, that God is not being true to his word, that God promised judgment on Nineveh, but now he has held back his judgment, and that God isn't doing what he said he would do, and therefore God is unjust. Uh, the Lord is saying to Jonah, oh really, well, is it just for you to be angry at this point? Are you right are you thinking rightly? Are you speaking rightly? Are you doing the right thing? I think this is at the heart of what God is asking Jonah to consider here. Jonah gives no response to the Lord's question in verse 4. And I think the response that he, he is actually giving is to pout, to be upset about what God's done, and... Uh, to kind of, judging by his actions in verses 5 and beyond, to go out to sit down and wait to see if the Ninevites will screw it all up for themselves. Because he knows these people and the way they act. And I'm sure he may be thinking to some degree, you know, they're not really going to change. Uh, they've said that they're going to uh, do these things. They're turning from their evil deeds, their wicked ways. But how long is this going to last? Can these people really go on living like this when they have lived so wickedly for so long? So I'm so sure Jonah at this point is just sort of saying, let's just sit around and see. Okay, let's just see what happens. So verse 5, Jonah goes out from the city and sat to the east of it. Now, I think there's some significance in the location that Jonah uh, goes out of the city. He goes and sits to the east of the city. Back in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sin in the Garden of Eden, they are banished from the garden, and the Lord stations a cherubim with a flaming sword east of the garden. I think there's an element of judgment associated with this type of location in regard to the city, and perhaps the author is alluding to this a little bit, that to some degree, the judgment that was meant for Nineveh, now Jonah is sort of experiencing, or at least in his mind is experiencing, that instead of Nineveh being punished, he feels like he's being punished or has been punished through all of this. So he's going out, he's sitting to the east of this city and looking to see what's going to happen. This is what happened next. There he made a shelter for himself 
and sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen in the city. Now, in the area of Assyria and Mesopotamia, during the heat of the day, easily 100 degrees, 110 degrees, uh, very, very hot. And so he's making himself some kind of shelter where he could have some shade. Uh, because of the dry heat, although it's very, very hot in the sun, if he had some kind of a shaded area, it would have been uh, bearable for him. So this is what he's doing. He's looking at the city to see what's going to come about. Verse 6, so the Lord God appointed a plant. Now, look at in verses 6 and 7 and 8, how many times it talks about God appointing something here. In the book of Jonah, we've already seen God appointing uh, the storm, so to speak, as he's casting the storm onto the sea. The same word appointing is used specifically for God appointing a giant fish to swallow Jonah. So this word shows God's sovereignty over creation, over the world that we live in. God appoints a plant and it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort. Now, this is a very gracious thing that God is doing. Jonah is pouting here like a child who doesn't get his way, who doesn't like something that his parent has just done. And instead of uh, leaving Jonah alone in his discomfort, God is very graciously continuing to provide for him even when Jonah is so stubbornly refusing to see uh, God's side of what's going on here. So the Lord appoints this plant. It grows up over Jonah to be a shade for his head to deliver him from his discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. Jonah has his highs and his lows in this chapter. He's very, very angry at the beginning. Now he's extremely happy because the plant has grown up over him and provided shade for him. Verse 7, But God appointed, sovereignly appointed, a worm when dawn came the next day, and it attacked the plant, and it withered. And it came about when the sun came up that God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, death is better to me than life. So God is teaching Jonah something here through his sovereign control of nature. First, we have the plant growing up, and it's meant to give Jonah relief and comfort. But then we see God appointing a worm to deteriorate the plant and a scorching wind, a scorching east wind to allow Jonah to uh, really feel the burn, so to speak, of the sun beating down and everything that's going on here so that Jonah prays uh, to die. Death is better to me than life. Now in verse 9, God 
is beginning to pull it all together here. Then God said to Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? This is the exact same question he asked before, but he's made it small for Jonah now. Before he was asking of the entire situation of Nineveh, do you have a good reason to be angry? Or is it right for you to be angry about what I just did? And Jonah did not answer. Now God is asking Jonah very pointedly about this small situation. Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And Jonah, in his anger and in his uh, rage responds. He said, yes, I have good reason to be angry. This is really using the same phrasing that the Lord just used in his question. It is right for me to be angry. It is good for me to be angry, even to the point of death. Now in verses 10 and 11, the Lord is going to respond to Jonah's question. And his response is first, about the plant, and then about the larger situation of Nineveh. So next time we are going to look at that. But as we finish up this session, uh, one thing that I'd like to say here is that a lot of times when we are uh, angry or angered by a situation that we view as unjust, we are blinded by uh, sometimes our own attachment to the situation. And it's hard to step aside and view things from God's perspective. I think that's what God is asking Jonah to do here, to take a step back from the situation and look on everything that's going on from his perspective. Uh, when we come to the New Testament, we as Christians are asked to uh, keep our eyes and our minds on things above and not the things of this world. And I think there's a similarity there. We want to have God's perspective on what's going on in life. Uh, if we have a very narrow human perspective, sometimes it's very easy to think that a situation is unjust. But when we take a step back and view God for who he really is as the sovereign creator and possessor of all, he has the right to do what he would like with his creation. So we'll look at verses 10 and 11 next time. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.